Hello, and welcome to Self-Sabotaging Sagas, hosted by me, your Elevation Guide, Jenea Barnes. Hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Self-Sabotaging Sagas. I'm here with Tamara Jeffries. She is an amazing woman. She is a trauma body person like me. We like to connect and work through trauma, through the body. And we really understand that there is a connection between trauma and what we feel in our physical body. Uh, so, Tamara, would you like to introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about what you do, and we'll get started from there. I'm super excited about this conversation. Sure. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, so, yes, I am Tamara Jeffries of Grow and Thrive Wellness, and I am a holistic counselor and transformational coach. Um, on your screen, you'll see holistic trauma counselor. And that is because my focus is working with women who are survivors of trauma and specifically working with women who are who identify as spiritual and are survivors of trauma because I like to work mind, body, spirit. And I feel that in order to heal holistically, we have to honor all aspects of ourselves. So that's why I do what I do. I was telling Jania before we came on that I am like not at my peak <laughs> right now, but it's really ironic because I study the mind-body connection and I am um, dealing with burnout fatigue because I have not been listening to my mind-body connection. And as a result of burnout fatigue, I'm at that place of like on the cusp of a cold, my allergies are flaring up. It's just like, oh my goodness. But I'm here <laughs> I'm happy to be with you. I'm happy to be with you all. Um, but yeah, so my journey started back in, uh, 2005, well, actually no, before 2005, um, long time ago, it started, <laughs> um, at some point I realized, so I'm a survivor of trauma. And at some point I realized that a good number of my close girlfriends were also survivors of trauma. And it was one of those realizations that just it, it just sets your the course of your life on a new trajectory because it was like I can't I can't condone this I can't live with this I can't abide this so what can I do and I just decided that I was going to set out to help women heal like I can't stop this atrocity but I can help women heal and so I just from that point on just dedicated myself to becoming what I call this one-stop shop for healing because I had this <laughs> in my head that I didn't want a woman having to go here and there and everywhere to find all of these practitioners. I'm like, I want her to just be able to come to my office and we can sit down and just confront this mind, body, spirit. So I got all kinds of certifications and like body work and yoga. And I got my master's in somatic psychology, which studies specifically the mind, body connection. And then did a specialization within that and trauma with a bunch of certifications in trauma work. So that was my focus and it has been my focus since 2005. And it's just the most rewarding thing that I could have ever put my myself into. And I'm just, I'm really, really passionate about my work. And I'm so glad to have connected with you and have these conversations about how our bodies are dealing with all these things that we've we've been through. It's like our bodies are the repository of every single thing we've been yeah. through. And it's 
it takes some time, you know, to work through that, but it's wonderful to come into conversation with like-minded practitioners who are also doing this kind of work. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. And, you know, it really goes to show, you know, you're, you just spoke about you're struggling with some burnout fatigue and all of that stuff. And why it's so important that we pay attention to what's going on with our body, our unconscious mind. And you all know that's my big focus is on the unconscious mind. Our unconscious mind uses emotions to give us messages. And so if we're feeling depleted, we're feeling tired, we're feeling burned out, all of that stuff, and we're not paying attention, it will ramp it up. Yes. yes. And when we carry, we the neurobiologists have actually discovered that, and, and they have, it's fairly recent that it is absolutely definitively that the mind and the body are completely connected. They are basically one. I mean, we have our thoughts and we have our body. And so that's kind of what we think about it, but they are completely connected. So if your thoughts are stress and fear and all of that intensity, then every cell in your body is flooded with those emotions as well, or the chemicals that your body produces because of the emotions that they are, your unconscious mind perhaps is telling you, you know, those of us that grew up in the seventies or even sixties, stranger danger. <laughs> right. Or, or, or whatever it might be, but every single cell in your body feels it. And when we, with trauma, particularly when we do not complete the full fight and flight reaction, that stuff stays in our body. Yes. I don't know. I don't know if I've told anybody about my, I don't know if I've sat, talked about this on the show or not before, but a really great example for a full, complete fight or flight reaction is a spider jumps on you. Right. Most people are like, soon as they see it, they're like, get it off, get it off. Or maybe they freeze. Right. Get it off me. Get it off me. And then after the spider gets off one way or another, then you're like, and then you shake it out. Right. You don't just stop and that's it. Right. You shake it off. That's such a good. And then you're okay because you finished the fight and flight reaction, you finished the full processing of the trauma. This is why some people have big, crazy traumas and they aren't really traumatized because they go through the complete cycle and their brain is able and their unconscious mind and their body is able to fully process all and move all the emotions through. So, yeah, we don't stop. I mean, imagine if you just enact that spider moment and try and hold it in before or you should after before shaking it out and you you begin to have a tiny example of what holding that what trauma feels like in the body basically because it really is incomplete incomplete fight and flight reactions. Right. No, it's so true. That's such a great example. And it's something that I bring in my sessions as well when I'm working somatically with my clients. Like the last step is always shake it out, like get up, walk around the room, shake it out. Yeah. Let the process 
complete itself. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's um, okay. So this is a kind of in that same vein and that whole really big, what we hold in our body. Mm -hmm. um, so I meditate a lot. Mm -hmm. I try to do two hours a day. I was really for two solid years. I did two hours a day, but I vary a little bit now. Mm -hmm. But what would happen and one of the things about meditation and giving your body space to start to move some of this trauma energy through is emotions would come up and they would move through. And then a few minutes later, I would start to shake. It might start with a little like tweaking of the shoulder. And um, and oftentimes it would start by 30 seconds of my body feeling like I had an epileptic seizure. Yeah. And I chose to just let my body do what it wanted to do. I could consciously stop it, but I know that we need to move this stuff through the body yes. in order to heal. Yes. And so those first two years of meditating two hours a day, I spent probably at least five minutes a day over periods of time in that two hour stretch, five minutes shaking. Mm -hmm. So if you want to think about the energy that you hold in your body from holding trauma or even just the smaller emotions, that means over the course of two, two years, I basically shook for seven days solid. So that's how much energy was stored inside my body that I had been carrying because of trauma or unprocessed emotion. Awesome. That is so awesome. I love that. I love that. It's just, it's amazing because I think people have this conception that when you are working with trauma, it has to have like this huge catharsis. Like there has to be this huge dramatic intervention and then there's this huge catharsis. But just what you're describing is just meditating and just being quiet and just being within and allowing your awareness to flow wherever it's gonna flow. The energy is going to move. The emotion is going to come up. It's going to start to percolate. It's gonna to start to grow. And then that shaking is going to happen. And that's the natural biology, the natural physiology of the body working it out. And you don't even have to do anything except for allow yeah. it. That's all you have to do is just allow it. And I think people are so afraid that it's going to overtake them or overwhelm them. And they're just gonna be like spaced out or what have you. I think people have a lot of fears about what that's going to look like, but it's just right. that simple of just allowing the body to shake. And then it comes right back down into stasis and you're, you're back to being you. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the big thing is emotions, whether they be big traumatic emotions or smaller emotions, they do move through the body. So as we like dip a little farther in this, why is it, why do you feel it's so important to really connect with and deal with our trauma? Because maybe not connect, connect's probably the wrong word. We don't necessarily want to connect. We want to clear it, but yeah, we want to, but we do want to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, if we don't, it becomes the elephant in the room, right? It's like, there's always going to be something compelling 
circumstances in your life, um, controlling your emotions, controlling your unconscious, this thing that you have that's right outside of your consciousness, right outside of your control, like that's the trauma. And if we don't turn our attention to it, if we don't deal with it, our trauma will control our lives. I mean, down to the people we marry, down to the jobs we take, down to our decisions about having children, like it will control everything if we don't deal with it. And so we must, or, or we'll never be actually the authorities of our own lives. Yeah. 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 That's incredibly true. And we, you brought up the subconscious mind, the unconscious mind, because there's certain things that the unconscious wants to do. Sometimes it wants to replay the trauma over and over so that it can try and get resolution. That's one of the things. Yes. Um, other times you're, there's just no awareness of it at all. But it is something that's running the show because especially some bigger traumas, some of us had repressed memories from big traumas, but the unconscious underneath, whenever we're tired, depressed, depleted, going suffering a little bit of burnout syndrome, in those moments, our unconscious mind takes over. And so do we want to be operating from this place of, being afraid, being fearful, or trying to replay stuff over and over. We have this, like, this is where a lot of the big patterns come from, because the higher the emotional state that's not processed, the deeper the anchoring into your neurology, into your subconscious is. Well said. Yeah. 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 So what are the kinds of things that you do? I mean, I know what I do when I'm working with people and helping them work through their trauma. Mm -hmm. And I know that we have different ways about going about things. So share it. Let's, let's find out a little bit about the methods you use and um, what becomes most magical about as people transform. Yeah, I'd love to share that. So I think I mentioned earlier, so my background is somatic psychology. So that's looking at the mind-body connection. And those um, um, exercises are meant to help people get a more subtle and nuanced understanding and connection with their body. And the first step to that is breath. And so that's usually where I begin with people is getting them, yeah, to take a deep breath and let it out and just start noticing the sensations that arise just with the breath. If you just allow mm -hmm. yourself to take a breath. And what's interesting is just how few, how many people have problems with just taking a deep breath because we've yeah. become so constricted in our breathing as a, as a result of holding in our emotions, we've learned how to, constrict our breathing. We've learned how to constrict our lungs. We've learned how to constrict our abdomen and diaphragm so that we don't have that full breath. So we don't have that full access to our emotional range so that we can stay in these narrow parameters of, of, of the feeling experience. And so if you get someone just to take a deep breath, that, that one deep breath can break a person down. They'll just start crying. And it's yeah. just, and they, and they're amazed that they start crying. Like, why, where did this come from? It's like, your right. body's been waiting to take that deep breath. 
So that's where I start with just getting a woman to, to get into a um, comfortable relationship with her breath and the sensations that she feels with that. And from there, I like to kind of, well, it depends on, it depends on what's happening in the session, but one of the things that I'll do is um, kind of ping pong back between, between the thoughts and the body. So if someone brings up something about a trauma or an experience, she might go into that story and I was like, okay, well, let's take a moment now and just see where you're feeling that in your body. And so I'll just right. start with her to different places in the body and getting to identify some of the sensations that she's noticing. And as she's getting deeper into those sensations, then I'll say, okay, and is that bringing any images to mind or any thoughts to mind, any anything to mind? And then we'll go back into the thoughts and it's like, okay, and then let's see if that's bringing something else up in the body elsewhere. And so you kind of just keep going back and forth and they keep informing each other, the body and the mind. Right. Right. And well, and yeah, because they're connected. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And so that can go on for however long until there's some kind of resolution. What I've really loved to, because I love the deep psyche too. That's like, it's, it's my neighborhood. I love hanging out there. Right. And, um, one of the ways I love working with the deep psyche is going through dreams. And so what mm -hmm. I found really amazing in, in my work is when I can bring in the dream analysis and dream interpretation and wed that with the somatic work. And that has been really beautiful in, um, you know, going into a woman's dreams and seeing, you know, I, going into those symbols and what those symbols mean for her and right. going into the associations and what those associations mean for her. And usually those associations have some place they reside in the body. You know, there yep. was something there and then you go into those sensations and that'll bring about some kind of new emotional revelation. And it's just like, it's just this wonderful unfolding. Like that gets yep. me super excited. <laughs> I totally get that. I love doing the dream work stuff too, because especially as I start to work with people to shift the unconscious, I mean, the dreams and metaphor and story is the language of the unconscious. Yes. So really tapping into dreams when we're starting to do the work, I'm always like, okay, let's really look at what's different. How is this dream different mm -hmm. than dreams that have been similar in the past? Mm -hmm. And you brought up something that I think is really important when we think about trauma and moving emotions and emotional events of any kind. You said, what is the story? You said that you were talking about, okay, the feelings in the body and then the thoughts, mm -hmm. what thoughts does that bring up? What story is that about? Mm -hmm. And, you know, going into the story and what we make things mean is a big part of why we hang on to trauma. Yes. It's what, what did we make it mean about us or the world or other people? What beliefs, again, because those really heightened emotional experiences anchor into our neurology, whatever story we make up. So these are the moments that are kind of just like a dream. It's a waking dream where our unconscious mind decides something to be true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's 
I mean, who's to say whether we're awake or asleep when we're creating these dreams, <laughs> you know? I mean, in those points of high trauma, we're usually operating from the unconscious mind. So yeah. I don't know. That's just a thought I had right now. Yeah. <laughs> but that curiosity, yeah. wait, are we making up our stories? Are we even conscious when we're making up those stories? Right. And yeah, and I would say no, because we're in that liminal space. It's, I, I, I love this. Someone said this a long time ago, and I just loved it. It's like humans are meaning making machines. That's totally all we do. And so whatever happened to us, we're going to give it a meaning. And that meaning is going to shape how we move forward. And right. so when, well, I'm going to use myself for example. So I survived childhood trauma, right? And it was like at an early age before um, a lot of other like coping skills were set in place. And then that, that memory went into the unconscious. So it was repressed until my mid twenties. So, but that being said, my little four-year-old brain made a story mm -hmm. around totally. that event, you know, and made a meaning of it. And those meanings were not consciously done, you know, no right. four-year-old decides I'm not worthy or no four-year-old decides all men are frightening. You know, it's just like, these are the things that were done on an unconscious level, but became the template from which I saw the world after that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, and I can, I think some of y'all know some of my past traumas, um, but the one when I was four, and I only started in this one in 2012, where I um, held the, hand of my junkie friend while he passed away and died. And there was some other stuff that came with that where, you know, I was really, when he was trying to go through withdrawal, he was very in a terrible state and I, he wanted something sweet. I went home trying to get him some sugar. My mom didn't understand what was going on. I thought he had said that he would die unless he got sugar, but of course I'm four years old and emotional. He just said he feels like he's going to die and he wanted something sweet. And then I'm hysterical trying to find the sugar and my mom comes in and she hears me say, as I'm trying to explain this, that, um, that I, he's gonna die unless, or she says, she hears that he's going to kill himself unless I bring him food, right? And so then I didn't bring him food and then he passes away. But the stories that I made up about that time, you know, this is definitely a seed to my mom and my relationship not being what good because I didn't trust her anymore because what she said didn't happen. You know, it had completely happened the opposite way. So I chose that my mom is a liar. I chose that I always had to figure out another way. I couldn't do things the way my mother told me or the way anybody else told me. So I always had to go outside the box. Mm -hmm. um, I decided that everything was my fault, right? If I had gotten him the sugar. So, but these beliefs, one of the things sometimes, and this is a piece that I think we forget, some of those coping things, 
those beliefs, those stories, we really end up getting some superpowers. So my being able to do things another way and always being able to see another way is incredibly useful superpower. And once I healed the trauma, mm -hmm. I got to access and keep the superpower and be able to be in flow of what's the best for any particular situation. Sometimes it's going to be to do it the normal way. Mm -hmm. That's a great so, reframe. Right. But do you think like, as you look back mm -hmm. at some of your traumatic things, mm -hmm. can you come up with a superpower that it gave you? Well, this wasn't, well, I had an unstable childhood in that I moved from school to school, like almost on a yearly basis. That's a That's lot not, for a kid. It is a lot for a kid. And it's not the same kind of trauma as I sustained it for, but it is destabilizing. Huge. But yeah, the uh, superpower that comes from that is that I can move in all circles. I can yes. get along with all people. You know, it's yeah. just, I have a, yeah, that's, that is definitely one of my superpowers is that it put me in a room with anybody and I'm going to be fine. I'm going to make friends. And I, I think it was a way to make a, ch a shy child more extroverted because I had to learn the lay of the land, like really fast and try and make friends. Who are these people? All that stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. That's a huge superpower that's going to serve you for your whole life. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So what superpowers do you think your clients end up with once they heal their trauma? What does that open up mm -hmm. for people? Mm. You know, it's so interesting working with uh, survivors because we're each, I want to say we're each wounded in very specific ways and our healing is going to look very different from each, each other. But what I feel is universal for all of my clients is that at some point they start to believe in themselves and they start to believe in their own power and their own worthiness. And when that happens, it's, that becomes their superpower. It's just like going from feeling worthless to feeling like not only am I good enough, but I am perfect just as I am and I am growing better every day. You know, it's just like, I had, I had a woman's circle that lasted, for, it was only supposed to last for like 13 weeks, ended up lasting for a year because the women would not, they weren't ready to let go. <laughs> right. really I was so happy that we grew together in that year. But one of the, the women, her closing remarks to me, and I feel like this is my superpower as a facilitator, is that she said, your ability to see the magic in me helped me see the magic within myself, within you, within all of the women here. Right. Was, yeah. Cause you're amazing. <laughs> you're yeah. Amazing. And, yeah. and that's my job is to sit here and make you understand that. Like, I don't care what you've been through. You're amazing. And there is nothing that you can't do or have or be because you're, you're amazing. And right. so, yeah, that's that I feel like is, once a woman comes into contact with that for herself, that lands in her own heart, then that yeah. becomes her superpower. 
Well, and I think that's one of the things that's really important about people working with coaches or counselors, like the right kind of counselors, though, mm -hmm. because like you, I wanted to I did I did 10 years of therapy mm -hmm. and there were some benefits to it, but mostly it did not solve any of my problems. Mm -hmm. I understood some more about myself, but it wasn't it it was not the things that got me over my traumas. Mm -hmm. It was the things that for me, it was really important for me, just like you, to go out and figure out a way to also help people heal from trauma. Mm -hmm. And so I went in the route of dealing with the unconscious mind. I use NLP, I use hypnotherapy, I use some emotional stuff. I studied yoga. Mm -hmm. You know, we, you and I have similar paths and a little bit different methodology, which is really cool. And I love that there are so many of us out there that are working with people to heal their lives and help them become the empowered, worthy human beings that they are. Yes. And the reflection, I think, of working with somebody that can see how amazing you are mm -hmm. is such a powerful thing Oh, yeah. Because I think so many people, trauma or no trauma, look into the mirror and all they see is a lot of terrible things. Yeah. And it's like when somebody else can see how beautiful and brilliant you are, it gives you permission to step into acceptance that that is actually who you are. You are a worthy, amazing, beautiful human being, no matter who you are or where you've been or what you've been through. Yeah, no, it's so true. I was just talking to someone the other day about why it seems that we are so more likely to believe the negative than the positive. It's just It just seems like such an effort to believe the positive when, I mean, there's so many good things about every single person. You can always find something good in people, but yeah. trying to find good in ourselves is just like, it's just hard for us to believe. It's hard for us to take in. And yeah, yeah it's just curious to me why, why it's so much easier to believe the bad than the good. I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of times it feeds stories that we make up when we're little because you know, when you said earlier about how your four-year-old self didn't really, like, how could you be conscious and make the decision that I am not worthy or men are this or whatever it might be that any of us may, any stories that we make up and beliefs that we decide to take on yeah. as, you know, we only have the resources of those emotional events that we do when we're five or six or eight or three, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And so with those resources, that's how we react. And that's the moment that gets anchored. Yeah. When, we're when we're like five years old, maybe our only reaction is to hit somebody. Maybe that's the only way we can get somebody off of us. And mm -hmm. so then that becomes a, ha a, a habit because whenever that emotional wound is triggered, we're brought right back down to being five years old. And then we only have the capacity and resources of a five-year-old. Yeah. No, it's true. That's so true. Yeah. So it makes yeah. sense. It makes sense. I think that 
I think that really speaks too, again, into the why. Why is it so important to really step in and deal with, deal with shift, elevate your life, move towards healing trauma? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. So that we're not held hostage by these beliefs that were set down when we were tiny. <laughs> it's like before we Yeah, exactly. To understand the world around us, our world was shaped by these by right. these forces. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So let's talk a little bit about real world application like what does trauma cost people i mean we've talked a lot extensively about the emotional stuff Mm -hmm. and how it manifests in our body we've talked a lot about that Mm -hmm. what does it affect like the stuff that people don't think about we're we're always talking about oh i'm gonna go to therapy or i'm gonna do this when i get my life going better when I have this, when, you know, all these excuses we make up about why we're not dealing with it now, but what is the like real cost? The like, yeah. Yeah. You know, an example from my life pops up right away. And this is the emotional cost, right? Like, so trauma will cost you relationships and it will cost you time spent in relationships that maybe you should not have been but it will also cost you relationships that probably were good you know it's like the first my first very important love connection my trauma was still repressed so i didn't know what was going on i was in my early 20s but i had this wonderful boyfriend and unbeknownst to me i had a severe trauma response within our relationship and that severe trauma response shut me down I went emotionally numb toward him. And from that point on, our relationship was doomed. I didn't understand it. I didn't know what was going on. Um, My thinking was maybe I'm asexual. Like, I don't know. It's just like, I feel anything. And so not knowing and carrying that, that um, unconscious burden of trauma cost me that relationship. Right. And we move through relationships unconsciously and we're playing out these patterns and we don't even know we're doing it. And that's just one cost, you know? Right. It can cost us jobs. If you have patterns of, um, I'll say, emotional instability, that can look right. many different ways. But there could be something triggering you in the workplace that's causing you to um, take more sick days than is permissible or to act out against your coworkers because you can't contain your your emotions. Like there are going to be these these costs because we're not dealing with the things that that we need to be dealing with. And then just interpersonally, it can affect so many, it affects all of our relationships one way or another, it does, you know? So there are some very real costs when it, in terms of just, emotional well-being and, and, and interpersonal connectivity and all of these things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's funny. I really think about, I think about, of course, the relationships. And as you move through, again, these like unconscious beliefs that come up, like for me, not 
Oh, the other one that came out about that one, my, that childhood trauma of mine was my mom's like, that boy is manipulating you. So I was always tracking for people to be manipulating me, which means I that showed up in my relationships, right? It's I'm always going to look for like, is he lying? Is he trustworthy? Like, what is that? And you, we all know if somebody is constantly accusing you of cheating, then it kind of makes you feel like you want to cheat, right? But right. I never did that. But if somebody's always tracking for something, the other person is going to feel it. Yes. So yes. it's like taking care of these things. And it's not always about just the trauma itself, it's about the meaning that we made it believe about me the world or other people. And yeah. again, you know, you said jobs, absolutely jobs, those times when if you're not feeling worthy enough, how are you going to ask for that race? How many people have not have stayed in a job because they needed to feel safe and secure because maybe they didn't feel safe and secure when they were a child, but it wasn't yeah. their dream. It held them back. You know, yeah. how many people have not asked for that raise because they were afraid that maybe somebody would get mad at them or tell them that they weren't worthy, whatever it is. And that we can also see that that's like a response, possible response from trauma. Oh, so yeah. it's, you know, you see it costing relationships, you see it costing money. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. people don't really think about that aspect of Never. it. And time, yeah. I mean... How much time have we spent in a Netflix hole or <laughs> any other kind of shutting off hole to just check out? And how much time have we wasted when we could have been doing things that are really amazing that mean something to us? Yeah, oh, so true, yeah. so true. So I would love for you to tell us a little bit about a little bit more about what you have to offer people, how they can get in touch with you. I know I put in the notes, there's a link for a little freebie. Okay. Um, so give us the goods. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So if you want to meet, uh, reach me, um, best way to reach me is through my website, which is growandthrivewellness.com. But I have a couple of things to offer um, for your listeners. The freebie that you're speaking of is a um, it's a free offer of the first unit of this course I've created called the Empowered Woman's Guide to Healing Trauma. And it's a virtual course and it takes you through all of the things that I know about healing trauma. So I'm talking about the nervous system and how to learn to regulate the nervous system, how to work with the deep psyche, how to work somatically with the body to move trauma out of the body. So it's like it's literally like everything I know in this uh, e-course. And then you get um, this free offer, which is the first unit, which is the, the foundation of, like I was saying at the beginning of our conversation, is like teaching you how to use the breath to slow down, to learn the subtle sensations of the body. Um, but I also have my women's support group and, um, and group counseling uh, that I call Sister Circles, and we meet once a week. And then, of course, I have my one-on-one -on -one, um sessions that I do with folks. So if, if you want to learn anything about that or any of those things, just uh, visit me at growandthrivewellness.com. Yeah. And it's sister circles with an S, right? Sister circles, two S's. Sister two circles. S's. Yeah. Yeah. S's. Um, I love that. Thank it's, you. Uh, yeah. It is 
just seeing for some reason, just seeing circles spelt with an S just felt so good to me. Yes, it had like I had a somatic response to it that was pleasurable. So awesome. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah, I just like it too. So it's, yeah, I'm glad it had that effect. That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. And so you all know about me a little bit. Um, I take people from self-sabotage to self-mastery. We clean up the unconscious roots of what's getting in your way. So the deep, deep, deep down stuff that once you unravel that, it kind of dominoes into your whole world. I have some new stuff that's gonna be coming up, some master classes and some level up sessions as well as my longer term coaching. So if you're <laughs> interested in that, you can go to JeneaBarnes.com, G-E-N-E-A-B-A-R-N-E-S.com or DM me on Facebook or Instagram, all the things. You can find me. I'm easy to find. <laughs> and um, thank you so much for showing up today, even feeling depleted and it's been an honor to get to know you more, to get to know more about your work. And I'm so excited for people to find you and get the work done. Like, let's start taking care of this stuff so we can live the fullest lives yes. that the full lives that we were meant to live, really live. Really yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you. It's been an honor to be here. And thank you so much for bearing with me and all of my whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've all been through it there. We all know when we've pushed past what our unconscious body was trying to tell us. So it's um, always just a reminder. And you, I hope you have the rest of the evening to just relax and take care of your spirit and your body and your sweet self. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks for hanging out and listening and watching and all the things. <laughs> take care. Bye.